This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There is a place for you here. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The first reading today comes from the book of Isaiah. In the the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me! I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. The second reading comes from 1 Corinthians. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaimed to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved. If you hold firmly to the message that I proclaimed to you, unless you have come to believe in vain, For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. I invite you to please stand in recognition that our God comes to us in the proclaiming of the word. Today's gospel is taken from the fifth chapter of Luke. 
Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. In that first reading that you heard, we heard the question of God go out, Whom shall I send? And Isaiah says, send me. That's the problem with open-ended questions. You don't know who's going to answer. You get what you get. And you got me. It's a task that I am very cognizant of every time I get up to preach. That you have entrusted me with the task. No, not the task. You have trusted the Holy Spirit to use me to speak the word of God to you. And if you see me sit down after a sermon and close my eyes, I'm offering a little prayer just saying, please God, I hope a little bit of gospel went out today. The Jews were the people of God. They traced their identity, their purpose, back to the covenant made with Abraham, in which God said, I will take your descendants, your offspring, and I will make of them a mighty nation. I will make of them an example people. I will bless them so that through them the rest of the world might be blessed. And they clung on to that identity, to their purpose, their identity as that chosen people. And they watched as God's promises were fulfilled, 
they did indeed proliferate and become a great people. They did indeed become a mighty nation. They did indeed come into possession of their own land. But as so often happens when all of our promises come true, all of our dreams become realities, as so often happens when we get comfortable, they started fighting with each other. You know, it's like when you go into those towns and you see first Lutheran, second Lutheran, third Lutheran. As soon as one church gets established, someone gets in a fight and they have to go start another one. So it seems like once the people became a nation, they started fighting with each other until civil war broke out. And in that vulnerable state, they succumbed to first Assyria and then Babylon until the nation collapsed. The people were taken into exile. And we got what was called the diaspora. The people were dispersed to the four corners of the known world, to the four winds, like so much chaff. And when they found themselves in that position, they remembered who they were and what they were to become. And they longed more than anything to be gathered back together as God's holy people. They longed to be gathered home such that their image of what salvation would look like became that ingathering. Their image for what their Savior would look like, the, the chosen one, the anointed one, the Messiah. It became someone who would come and create this great highway for them to return home. Someone who would be a good shepherd. Someone who would gather in these lost and scattered sheep. Someone who would make them one people again. And now this morning we hear the words of Jesus, this one that they are just beginning to wonder if maybe, maybe this person could be this Messiah. He speaks with authority. He does incredible things. Maybe this is the one to gather us in. Maybe this is the one to restore us to God's one holy people. And as if in response to that as yet unspoken question, Jesus says to Peter, let's go fishing. And we who are Peter's descendants this far down the road, we're still going fishing. We've refined it to a science. We try to find just the right bait. We try to find just the right rod and reel, just the right fishing hole. And we go in search of our prey, the ever-elusive millennials. 
those almost non-existent Gen Xers and the greatest prey of all, young families with children because they come with their own replacements. We throw that line out and we jiggle it and we, we pull it in and we make it colorful and, and make it move in fun and entertaining ways, hoping that someone will bite. And if someone does, we reel them in and we congratulate ourselves on our technique, on our ability. We got another one. Maybe you've had that experience of visiting at a church and you, you walk in the door and, and you see the greeter's eyes light up. And they leap on you. But this Simon, this Simon Peter whom Jesus sends out to fish, isn't fishing with a rod and reel. He's a net fisherman. And Jesus tells him to go fish. And he says, I've been fishing all night. And I haven't gotten anything. And there again, I sometimes get reminded of a lot of congregations today. They've been trying and trying and trying and trying to catch those elusive fish until they finally give up. They pull their nets out of the water. They dry them and set them aside. Say, let's go home and have dinner. To which Jesus says, get back in the boat. Go back out. Only this time go further. And let down your nets deeper. Peter says, I don't want to, but if you tell me to, I will. And so he goes out and he drops down those nets. Have any of you, been, have any of you watched the, the Blue Planet series? I love that. I love seeing all that beautiful photography and all those strange beasties, especially the deep sea ones. That's where you get the really weird fish. There's one that has a transparent head, so it can look upward. You can see right through to its brain. I've known some people like that, where you can, you can see exactly what they're thinking, and they just blurt it out, no filters. Their lives are on display for anyone. And then there was the blobfish. It's the saddest looking fish in the ocean. It just sits down in the mud. I've known people like that too. Myself included sometimes. When depression makes it hard to get out of bed in the morning and you just want to sit in the mud. There's the anglerfish. Down in the darkness it dangles out just a little bit of phosphorescent. Trying to get those other fish in the dark to come near so it can swallow them whole. I've seen people like that too, who reach out to those in need and say, I can give you a little hope for just $19.99. Send your donations here. 
all of those bizarre fish that live down in the depths. Some of them frightening. Some of them ugly. Some of them just outright bizarre. And this is where Christ tells Peter to go fishing. Drop your nets down into the deep water. When you're fishing with a rod and reel, you can pick what you're fishing for. You can put the right kind of fly on the end. You can drop your line in just the right hole to try to get that trout, to try to get that salmon, to try to get that perch. But when you throw a net in, when you throw it wide and you sink it deep, you get what you get. And it's all pulled in. The people of Israel were looking for a Messiah to come and to call them back from the four corners of the earth so they could be one people again. But they didn't realize that God's net would be quite so broad or sink quite so deep. And God was not only gathering them in, but all of the others as well. All those weird fish, all those sad fish, all those violent fish, all those ones that perhaps we'd rather not be sitting next to. But maybe the problem isn't so much that we are too picky in who we go fishing for. Maybe the problem is more in that we don't realize that we're just as weird as the fish that we're hunting for. We're just as weird as those ones that we pull in in our nets. Maybe that's why we need them. We need them to remind us that God's reach is broader that God's nets go deeper, that God's net goes all the way down to the bottom after the crucifixion to drag through even hell and bring up those lost and scattered souls. Because it's only when the strangest, weirdest, most repulsive fish is brought in that we can finally have confidence that maybe we belong in this net too. That we finally can trust God that there's nothing in us that will result in us being thrown back. Peter sees this great haul of fish and the first thing he does is he gets down and says, I'm not worthy. And Jesus says, yes, you are. In fact, I'm going to found my church on exactly that unworthiness. Remember what that feels like. Because everyone else feels the same way. Now, go tell them that by God's grace, they belong here too. Go tell them that by God's grace, I am sending you out Go tell them that by God's grace, this is who you are and this is who you will be. You will be 
part of the one body of Christ. And in a bit we will come and gather around this table again and receive this meal and be reminded of that fact that we belong here, that the net is broad enough to pull us in as well, and that Jesus doesn't sit on the shore telling us to go fishing. He's there in the boat with us. Amen. Trust in you alone, higher than my side, higher above my life. I will trust in you alone. You go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you I'll move, I will fall. When you love, I'll love. You still serve if this life I lose, I will follow you. Yeah, I will follow you.
Let us pray. Lord, we gather into this place, and when we allow our spirits to quiet and the eyes of our hearts to see, we perceive your spirit filling up the space between us, transform us by your presence, that we might glimpse your kingdom and be renewed in our desire for it. Lord, we give you thanks for your grace that gathers us in. Your grace that calls us not because of what we can do or have done, but because, simply because of your love. And because of your desire to be one with us. Grant that we might show that same grace to others. That you might awaken in us a spirit of generosity and compassion. Especially towards those most in need of it. to the sick, to refugees, to homeless, to the depressed, the hopeless, the hungry, those who are ashamed, those who are bitter, Those who cannot seem to move on or move up but seem stuck in the same old ruts. Your grace comes to us and to them speaking words of peace. Bless this community. Bless those who give of their time, their abilities, their resources, who provide leadership, sustenance, hope. Those who recognize the need and respond. Bless those who work so hard to enrich our worship and to make your presence visible. Bless us that we might be transformed by your spirit, that we might be infused by your grace and feel your strength within us, your possibilities opening up before us, that we might be given the strength to make new beginnings, to take the next step and to become what you are leading us to become. Bless those who are sick, weary, defeated. Bring healing to them and send us, Lord, to be that healing. This we ask in your name. 
Amen.